we had an idea as a, a family over the summer. And the idea was that we were going to buy a kayak, an inflatable kayak to take on the canal. And we'd see other people do it, and it looked great fun. So we thought this would be a really good thing to do um, while we were still quite restricted. Now you think, oh, that's quite simple. Go online, order yourself a kayak. The only problem was, is I think everybody else in the UK had had the same idea. So it took us three weeks to find one online. But eventually, we found one in this shop in Poole. We ordered it, it came, um, we tried it out on the kitchen floor, we blew it up, we made sure it all worked. We had to buy oars, we had to buy a license, we had to buy life jackets. The list seemed to go on and on, as did the expenditure. One day, we found ourselves by the banks of the Bridgewater Canal. We put the canoe, the kayak, into the water. It's a two-seater one. Me and Nathaniel bravely got in. I know we didn't fall in, in case you're wondering where this story is going. Do you want to see us? Here we are. There's us going up and down the canal. We looked amazing. We really, really looked the part. But there was a problem. You see, both of us had done kayaking before, but only on our own. So we got into the middle of the canal, and we started to speed up our rowing, and we started going round in circles. And we went round in circles, not once, not twice, but several times. And every time we tried to keep going, we went round in circles more and more. Much to the amusement of Claire, Timothy, and a lot of other people who were stood on the bank. It reminded me that looking the part is never enough. Looking the part is never what is called for. When it comes to prayer, when we think of the discipline of prayer, of the joy of prayer, sometimes it, we can look the part in prayer. We can um, bow our heads, we can close our eyes, we can even pray out loud, but that is not the same. The outward acts are not the same as what is going on deep within. We can do external things, but are we actually setting off on this amazing joy of encountering God in prayer? Prayer, just like, like so many of things in our spiritual life, is a discipline, and it's something that we have to grow into. Just as me and Nat on the canal, we had to learn how to row. And eventually we got there, and now we're quite good at it, and we, we keep going up and down the canal on this kayak. But you have to take those baby steps to start with. But you have to, most importantly, get going. If you've got a Bible with you this morning, and you want to turn to it, could we turn to Matthew chapter 6? And I'm just going to read from verses 5 through to verses 8. It's the bit just before Jesus introduces us to the Lord's Prayer. It says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they receive their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Prayer in the scriptures takes many forms and many different varieties. And we'll be looking at a few examples if you're able to join with us on, on Tuesday night. So we, we see actually that, that prayers in the scripture, you get corporate prayer, prayer together. 
you get um, prayer that is about lamenting and repentance. You may look at Nehemiah's prayer at the beginning of his, um, the book that's named after him, where he comes to God in confession. We have the teachings of Jesus. We have prayers that are led by the Holy Spirit. We have um, the, the broad sweep of Paul's prayer in Ephesus. In our own experience of prayer, sometimes we may write out a prayer, and we may call that liturgy. Other times, we, we just speak out whatever's on our heart, and we come to God as our friend, the one who will just listen to the outpourings of our hearts. At other times, we may gather corporately and invite the Holy Spirit to lead our times of prayer. Sometimes it may be loud and joyful. Other times, we can pray with sorrow, confession, and lament. But as Jesus teaches us about prayer... No matter how it looks to the outsider, no matter how it looks to the world that's looking in, there is something really significant that underpins prayer, and it's this. It's our heart response to God. It is how the innermost part of our being seeks to reach out to our Father in heaven. There's been many months now, hasn't it, since we've seen this church building here full of people. And it just led me to, to wonder how many of us in our lives, and ask the same question to me, how many of us, since we've not been able to, to meet in that way, have slowly started to neglect prayer? We've become a little bit unplugged from those daily or weekly rhythms of prayer. Perhaps over these next two and a half weeks, while this current lockdown continues, it's time to almost press the, press the reset button and to come again and just see what Jesus has to say. Verse 5, when you pray, when you pray. Prayer is not an optional extra of the Christian life. Prayer is not a tag-on to something. Prayer is at the heart of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Prayer is where we develop our relationship with God. It's a heart response to God who is our Father. We come to God our Father through grace by faith, through the completed work of Jesus by his cross and resurrection. But we enter into this amazing relationship. And in any relationship, you know, communication is vital, isn't it? If we don't communicate, the, the relationship will fall apart. If we're not speaking to God and listening to God, remember prayer is that due way. Actually, we, we are missing out on so much that God has for us. Just look at what the writer to the Hebrews says. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. In prayer, we enter into that very presence of the Lord. Without Jesus highlights a problem. There is a problem in that in first century Judaism, a lot of prayer that took place was very outward-looking in, in the sense that it was visible. So Jesus talks about people, and he may have had his eye here on the Pharisees, the teachers of the Lord, those who, for whom outward expression of their religion was incredibly important. And it was that prayer was, was outward observance, people seen in the synagogues, people seen praying on the street corners. And so Jesus says, for they, this is the hypocrites, love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. To be seen by others, to be spiritual, to look part, just like we looked in our kayak. But outward conformity is not the same as inward reality. 
If we want to look spiritual to other people, then we can do things that make it look like our heart is responding to God in prayer. We can pray out loud. We, we can make those physical, cultural things that we do. It's, it's like closing our eyes, like bowing our heads to pray. But of itself, it's not the same as what is going on in our heart. So Jesus has a remedy for us. Prayer starts in a different place. All prayer has to be underpinned by what Jesus says here. It doesn't start with the outward acts, but it starts even in those smallest baby steps in our heart as our heart cries out to the Lord. Verse 6. Go to your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Notice the parallel here. We have to make ourselves invisible to the world in order to communicate in our hearts with God who is unseen. But notice also the tenderness of the language that is used here. We come to our Heavenly Father. We come to the Father who loves us, who is the same Father as we see in the parable of the prodigal son, who welcomes us as we draw near. Whether we draw near in repentance, knowing that actually we've fallen away and we need to confess. Whether we draw near in celebration of victory. Whether we draw near thanking God for answered prayer. Whether we come on our knees seeking God in a situation. We come to a Father who loves us with an unending and unchanging love. Perhaps today you're you're off from prayer because actually you, you think God is a bit harsh. He's a bit distant and a bit uncaring. Actually, Jesus would say something totally different here. He's our loving Heavenly Father who longs to welcome us into his presence. And so Jesus talks about going to the quiet place. Now, Jesus would often go to the quiet place. For him, that was out in the wilderness, away from the noise of the crowds and his disciples. I don't think Jesus saying go into your room is, is necessarily a locational concern. Because for different people, it's different things. Susanna Wesley, um, she was the mother of John and Charles Wesley. And she was a, a busy woman. She was a woman of great prayer. And she was a woman who lived in a house full of many people. And her children got to know that when she had her cooking apron, and she shoved it over her head and sat down, she was praying. Don't disturb mum at that point. She's in the quiet place. That was the place of prayer. In my life, I actually find that going out for a walk and praying is, is one of those things when I can just seek God in the quiet of the outdoors. For you, it might be that, that you go out jogging and you put your earphones in and you sort of switch yourself off to the outside world and you just seek God in heart. Or it might be there's a set chair in your house. It might be in the conservatory or in the kitchen where actually you just long to sit down and do that one-to-one time, that business with God in the quiet place. But Jesus highlights a risk, even in the quiet place. As humans, we, we are used to projecting ourselves, used to projecting our personalities to get ourselves noticed. It might be if, if you're in a work situation that actually you, you try and project yourself to your boss to be hardworking, to be a reliable person, to be somebody who is deserving of a promotion or a pay rise. It might be in an interview situation, you, you're trying to promote yourself in a particular way. Or it might be that it's as simple as a phone call to an insurance company and you actually want the person on the other end of the phone to to understand that you know what you're talking about. But we're used to projecting ourselves in a particular way. Even in the quiet place, we're not immune from that risk of self-projection. And so Jesus says, do not keep babbling like the pagans. Whilst Jewish prayer was correctly to the Lord, Greek 
or Roman mythology, the prayers to the Roman gods and the Greek gods was, was deemed as praying to these beings that were far off, that had concerns of their own. And if you want to get your prayers noticed by Zeus or, or whoever it might be, you better make them impressive, you better use the best rhetoric, and you better keep on going and going and going so that they might just hear you. Jesus says, forget all that. You're coming to the only true God. Forget all those other false gods. You're coming to the one true God, your heavenly Father. He doesn't need impressing. He knows what is on your heart before you even come to pray. Just think about that for a minute. He knows. He knows what is on your heart. But still he invites us in. Still he wants us to come to him, to partner with him in this mystery of prayer. As we cry out, your kingdom come, your will be done. So this morning, is your heart prayerful? Do you long to have that deep inner walk with God, that discipline of daily prayer, where we're walking with God, talking with God? Do you make time, do I make time in our lives to seek God in that way? John already mentioned this this morning, but I, I really feel that today is a sort of significant day for us as a church in terms of prayer. We've had all kinds of things about prayer that have fallen on the same day. Now, that is not some kind of planning that has taken place to bring everything together on one day. It just seems to have happened. Or actually, I actually believe that God just might be waking us up to realize that prayer is really important. So today we're continuing with this national week, uh, this national time of prayer of a lockdown. It's the Churches Together Day of Prayer. It's also the Open Doors Prayer for the, the, the Church across the world, the persecuted church. Now all of those things, we need to seek God in our hearts, but it's good also to come together. When prayer originates from our hearts, it then finds expression corporately and in the different settings. So perhaps today, even if you don't normally join in on these Zoom meetings, can I encourage you? Whether it's joining in with the Open Doors prayer meeting, whether it's joining in with churches together or joining us at six o'clock, join in, let's pray together, let's seek the Lord together. We live in a world that is broken, don't we? We live in a world that is still in the midst of a pandemic. We live in a world that is going to feel the economic and health-related shocks in different ways for many months, if not many years to come. We live in a world that, with all that's going on in the U.S., and even like over this last few days in our own country, we, we live in a world of political uncertainty. We live in a world that needs to have the church on its knees. You know, the church is not going to be changed. We are not going to be changed by better programs. We're not going to be changed in terms of a people of God by being better at marketing. We're going to be changed when we get on our knees and seek our Heavenly Father. We're going to be changed as we seek His renewal, as we seek the ministry and infilling of the Spirit, as we seek what He would want for us. And out of that, that we then go on to cry, Your kingdom come, Your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven, until He returns again. When you pray, when you pray, not if, not maybe, not if there's a time I can fit it into my diary, but when. That's the clear instruction of our Lord and Saviour. Today, would we take up that challenge to get into that discipline of prayer so that we seek his face and root our lives deeper and deeper into relationship with him?
Let's pray together and then Simon and Hannah will lead us in our next song. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are so clear about what you say about prayer. We thank you for that instruction that just simply says, when you pray. Lord, you leave us in no doubt as to what our calling is to be your followers. And so, Lord, help us to be those who take seriously this call to prayer, who follow your example. And when we pray, help us to pray in your ways according to your will and purposes. If you've got um, the Bible still in front of you, if you've got an NIV version, which I'm just reading from now, I'm just going to read the verses that, that is then the Lord's Prayer that comes after it. I will put the ending on, but just so that we're all using the same words. Perhaps you want to pray this with me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.